0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. We talked about the coaches poll, but we also want to get the coaches' thoughts when it comes to several teams here throughout our league. And of course, with the ESPN deal shaking things up, where will ACC land? Can we finally get Jim Phillips to get on a page that looks good for the rest of us? Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Candace Cooper. If you do not know, you're new to the show. Welcome. Seeing a lot of new friendly faces joining our YouTube page. Make sure you download, subscribe to this podcast. You can also listen from an audio space anywhere you download podcasts. It's on Spotify, Apple, all the things. Each week, I have a new host every single day. Sometimes my teammates have to pitch hit pinch hit for others, but we've got our Wednesday weekly host, AJ Black of Lockdown Boston College in the building and we are ready to go. AJ, how are you feeling?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Candice. It's uh I I've been to practice for a couple time to- a couple times this last week for for Boston College. And uh it feels like fall is right around the corner. And I know a lot of folks are getting excited to talk college football.
0: A thousand percent. And I'm super excited to not get some heat about me because I feel like I'm ready for humidity to just relax. I love a good vibe of some summer, but after a while that humidity is just terrible, especially in the Carolinas, but neither way it goes. Happy happy for a fresh weather change. And speaking of changes, a lot to discuss on today's show, whether we go through all the coaches and comments that they have about other schools, but more than that, We've got some ESPN changes and some hopefully money changes that are happening for the league. So let's start with this coach conversation here. Coaches had the opportunity from Athlon Sports to talk about the various teams and pretty much, you know, just say what they think, give their tidbits and all the like. And so we're going to talk about a few of these. And of course, we had to start in alphabetical order, which is perfect for you with Boston College and all the like. So when you first read some of the things that have popped out about your school, what was one of the quotes that was like oh okay interesting
1: it a lot of it seemed like very positive uh towards bc's defense so first of all the one that stuck out to me this defense will be good the more time they get and the more time they can cycle their guys in they're going to be better than they've been year three you'll see more looks more creative stuff watch out yeah and I was floored because I cover, you know, I, I, you know, how many podcasts a week do we have to do for, for locked on? I have, uh, yeah. I, I vacillate like a, like a roller coaster with this team. And literally every coaching comment was really positive. Yeah. The, you the, were
0: surprised at positivity. Okay. I
1: mean, I'm telling you, even the years that Halfway has been here, it's been, you know, oh, they're lacking talent here. They don't have, a, if I remember correctly, some of ex- the, They don't have good explosive players. They don't say anything about that. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I I thought that was pretty impressive. In fact, we'll get into more of them later. What else struck me was at least two other teams had, they should run their program like Jeff Halfley does at Boston College.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Which is very interesting. But if you listen to the guy, it, you know, year, last year, he was the guy at the ACC. He came in, everyone's very impressed, you know, in the first year, the second year. And so it's not far fetched that people are saying that about him. That doesn't surprise me one bit.
1: And as a media member, you always want to be like neutral. He does a great job of buttering up the media, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like when I got my job, yeah. When I got my job, he sent me a message congratulating me. He's, you know, at practice, he stopped what he was doing to say hi to the media as we were kind of hanging out. Like some coaches just don't—they don't care. They don't want to do that. He—he's just—he gets a lot of that stuff, and I feel like that's part of the culture at Boston College respect and all that kind of stuff and you know i i, I a good fit for bc and i'm really excited to see what bc can do this year he's got me hooked again
0: <laughs> no doubt. And speaking of defense, let's get right into Clemson, who there was a coach saying, I think losing Brett Venables is going to be really interesting. He was such a force there. It's more than losing a coordinator. He drove the whole thing on defense. The good thing for them is they really have good players on defense right now. And I think Wes Goodwin, the new defensive coordinator, did a good job in the bowl game running the same scheme. He's really smart, but there are huge shoes to fill. Can we stop and pause and talk about Brett Venables and how he has a lot going on right now there at Oklahoma with the whole wide receiver thing and. I oh yeah, that's just a lot. And like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, "This is eerily familiar to Coach Sweeney having to deal with one of his coaches saying something back at Clemson that yep. was, of course, not great." And I'm like, "That's really just mirror. It's insane how close that was."
1: It's like stuff that like you hear, and it, you, yeah. you wonder like it's the old boys club with all this, a lot of this kind of thing. Like how it, like I don't want to have a whole conversation about it, but like saying like either if it's racist or sexist or homophobic, mm-hmm. how often that kind of stuff happens. It's just what programs deal with it, not which program just kind of look the other way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, he's got so much going on. He's going into a program that has, you know, meteoric, or that's not even the right word, but like, you know, sky high expectations yeah. and and have to deal with like removing your wide receivers coach because he's saying awful things like it's before it's, the
0: season even starts and like a hard time where you can't right. even replace him in a good position. It's terrible
1: much going on right now. All these coaches, they're trying to figure out, you know, they've, they're getting up and, and orientated and getting all their schemes out there and all that. And now he has to deal with removing a coach as a first year head coach. Whew.
0: <laughs> Super tough. Another part of Clemson that I thought was interesting in terms of coaching conversations was the fact that folks were saying they're not recruiting like they have. They're always having yeah. a significant difference in the NIL between the AC and the Big Ten. And for me, I'm sitting here saying, like, I understand that Clemson has this nice program where they're trying to elevate the brand and elevate guys. But I wonder how much of the, hey, we know who we are. We know what championship we kind of are. So we're not trying to oversell ourselves because we don't have to. is yep. maybe hindering, you know, their recruiting process.
1: Yeah, there's a sense of like, you know, it it almost comes across as arrogance, but it's Mm -hmm. not. They've Mm -hmm. earned it. Yeah. Um, But like that kind of feeling like we, as you just said, like we've we've done this. We don't have to show you through money that you have to be here for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Found a sorry. (laughs) Sidetracked. My son just smeared a bill bar into the wall.
0: Love that. (laughs) We'll talk about bill bar later. (laughs) That is awesome. No, Um, I 100% agree. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> but uh talking about the wide receivers too was something I saw that was interesting on here and I think you even brought that up like either a week or two ago that Clemson doesn't have the scary wide receivers that they've had for years. Yeah. And that is a big factor for this. You can get a quarterback back there like DJ who another coach crashed. Um but if you get a guy like him out there when you have wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Williams and Justin Ross you can make big plays it doesn't matter who on the ball those those guys can get it but they don't have that anymore it, do, it doesn't seem like they have that anymore and i think it's a big in, that's a big concern for clemson if they want to be an elite team you need to have elite positions
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. So I don't want to spend too much time on all the schools today because of course I want to get to the big thing that is the ESPN deal, but I gotta talk about Florida State, who is a team that everyone has like quite as kept not been raving on, but like there is potential there. And yep. one of the comments to me was, is five, seven and five enough? It should be. They could put pieces together this year that create a huge 20, 2023 season, and they're not in a place where they can really show off their high school recruiting. And, yeah, we've all heard to talk about Dion. so is seven and five really enough? I don't know. For, for a program like Florida State, no. First hard answer. Yep. <laughs> but for this year, I think that'll show enough progress to maybe hold Norvell a little longer. Maybe.
1: Right. It it all depends on where the AD is going. Like, you know, Mario, uh, Manny Diaz was okay at Miami. Mario, um, Novell is okay right now at Florida state, but if he wants to do that kind of Miami splash hire, you know, you, you, you back up the Brinks truck to Deion Sanders, you bring him in. Then all of a sudden you're, you're on that same, you know, trajectory that kind of think that's what my, that's what Florida state's end goal is. You know what I mean? So you know, I I don't, I don't see if if Florida State goes seven and five, and which is not ac- acceptable to them, and I get that, um, and their fan base is, is starting to get ink anxious. I wouldn't at all if they move on from Novell, I, and I, I I I I agree that he needs a little bit more time, but this is a program that does not have patience. Yeah, and they, they, they they sh- they fired Willie Taggart what one or two seasons. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if that really and I no, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the AD kind of plays his hand in that regard um, towards Norvell having the confidence. But seven and five, of course, will not be enough for these Seminoles fans to just be even keel and all the like. We're going to talk more about some of these Atlantic Division teams here, but first, I want to remind you guys that betting action is in full force. So make sure you get signed up right now. You got to go to betonline.net. If you want to get in on some really good sources for odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head to the website at BetOnline.net today. Use your mobile device and learn more about the action. BetOnline is certainly where the game starts. So we're talking with A.J. Black here of Locked On Boston College, rolling through some of the coaches' conversations about the various teams here. But before we get into a little more, I want to make sure that we get people the meat of what the conversation is about today and the ESPN deals and Big Ten deciding to get some more streaming rights are moving themselves away from ESPN, essentially parting one of the oldest contracts in sports history in terms of college sports. And now they're with CBS and NBC and having all the conversations with Fox and you're sitting there saying to yourself, all right, ACC, this is the knock on the door that you've been trying to get to get some extra money. There seems to be some leftover, right? Can yep. we finally get Jim Phillips to make the conversation? Will this make or break Jim Phillips, our trust in Jim Phillips, if he doesn't figure out a way to get a bigger pot from ESPN after this news has broken?
1: Absolutely. And and this is, key, ES, this is a partnership. And it's not just a business deal for ESPN because – if you buy a store and then just neglect it, you you're still making some money off of it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're throwing money away in a sense. Yeah. So yeah. ESPN could just go ahead with, with the ACC deal as is and be fine and make some money, but we've seen how these big conglomerates are. They want to make as much as they can. So to, to, to put more money in and to invest, will pay dividends for schools. Because think about, like, we just talked about, right? Now, this is a program we talked about a couple months ago. Their financials aren't the best. They have, they, they're struggling places here. And they could use, they could use a, an influx of cash. Now, wouldn't it be, behoove ESPN <laughs> and the ACC network to have a healthy Florida State that's coached by, who knows, Deion Sanders? Mm-hmm to go against Miami and Mario Cristobal, that would be bonkers for ratings for them and a lot more money. So yeah, you're going to have to influx a little bit of cash here, but you're going to also get some back. So this is on Jim Phillips though. He's going to sell this to ESPN. He's going to let them understand that their conference health is their responsibility too, because I think that's kind of where this all kind of lands is like, yeah, if you, if ESPN wants to go cheap, flounder, they're going to make a little bit of money when they could actually make a ton of money if they could yeah. help invest into it.
0: Listen, as much as we talk about Jim Phillips being sort of that Pollyann or not, Pollyann or not really having that chutzpah that we need yep. or having the brass cajones that we want, This is your time. I wish I could bang on the desk because I just want you to shine, my brother. I want you to go ahead and tell everybody, I have been making business deals. I've been knowing this for a while now. I was just waiting for the chess pieces to fall in place. And y'all should have trusted me all along. And there we have it. And I'm like, this is where your legacy starts, my guy. And if you can't do it, what are we doing? (laughs) I don't know that we go into year three. What is it? Year four next season and truly trust you to lead this conference to better if you can't get the one deal that you have pretty much everyone beholden to with this granted rights thing if you can't increase the money what are we doing
1: right and the the worry is depending on where the big 10 ends up is that it's going to totally slide into them sniping notre dame in a year and a half yep and that that again would be a a uh, headshot to 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 Jim Phillips like you got that's two things you got to not let happen. You cannot yeah. let Notre Dame slide to the to the to the Big 10. And okay. you know what if the other teams in the ACC have to take a little bit right now off of the table to get Notre Dame back
0: yeah. you do it.
1: You do that 10 to- you do 10 times out of 10 because yeah. again, you need to look forward instead of just the immediate of what you have. You know what I mean? And I I I I there's part of me that that thinks Phillips does have the acumen to figure some of this stuff out, not saying it, but there's also another part of me that I've seen enough different examples of other, you know, administrators in, in different different schools and different places that futz around on this kind of stuff and then get up at the end. And so I don't, I don't know. Now he said at ACC media day, if I remember correctly, that there was two dates coming up of something he was going to announce mm-hmm. and all right, bring it to me because I need to see what this is. Give, <laughs> give me a nugget because I want to see what you have because the ACC needs to do something soon to kind of yeah. like ease a lot of this rumbling before the season starts.
0: I 1,000% agree. Man, I'm just sitting here tingling like, let's let's get some things going, Jim. Yep. Like this has to be the time where all all of your thought processes, your strategic ways of rolling is going to come to life. But yes, I feel like things are going to – be in favor of the AC when it's all said and done. They have that final queen move in a chess game that they're gonna make sure everyone remembers why you never bet against the acc But there's that. So we're gonna go back to our coaches conversation, but I wanted to make sure we got the meat of that. I want to make sure people know yeah. all of the good things that are happening in our conference So let's jump into Louisville. Uh come on, let me just say. All the fans that are in my YouTube comments, I need y'all to relax. Y'all don't listen to my show clearly enough. Y'all be getting a little too hyped about it. Like I don't I'm never saying Carlos are gonna have a bad season. I don't know that I love Satterfield, but, hey, show me something. Tell me something good, you know, Shaka Khan style. Like, just let me feel confident in you. It's not a knock. It's just an assessment. You know, everyone, just just relax here. But I think what's ultimately going to be for me is the Malik Cunningham conversation, how you build around that. For you, being someone who's probably also in the middle of the pack here in the Atlantic, what are your thoughts on Louisville and how do you feel like some of the assessments that the coaches said about them are true or not?
1: It's so interesting because on one hand you read this and it's, it's overwhelmingly, I kind of think kind of negative towards, Mm -hmm. towards the Cardinals. But on the other hand, as someone who covers recruiting, I see how on fire and they're on fire on the recruiting trail right now. I'm I'm wondering what I'm missing. Yeah. Obviously there's probably some NIL initiatives going on there that are helping ease that, that, that piece. But if Scott Satterfield's goes out there and as they say in here, like he, he's not a good fit. The offense doesn't look right. Their defense isn't scary. If they go out there and futz around for, for another, it's my, my word of the, the show, futz around <laughs> okay. um, for a season and, and go and don't make a bowl or something like that, which they shouldn't, they just should be good. Mm-hmm. But if that happens, how many of the, you know elite elite recruits don't stick around for that kind of stuff? They they're gonna say okay, well that's nice. I'm gonna go find this program that just you know made a New Year Six Bowl. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious to see with Louisville what what the real truth is. Is it the negatives that like they're saying here? Like they don't like their own offensive coordinator. The defense is average at best. They don't <laughs> pressure mark. They don't do anything that bothers you. Scott said, and I mean the the most damning I didn't even just say was I think. But you figured out they're not a great fit for each other a while ago, and there hasn't been a way to create a break yet. Yeah. Like that That's was tough. like, whoa. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we're here in everything. As you said, I like Pollyanna. Everything's Pollyanna right now for all, yeah. every team before the season starts until the feet hit the turf. Yeah. And does Louisville go out there and we're talking all positive about them, and all of a sudden we see, okay, they're not the team that we thought they were? And then all of this kind of comes up. So yeah, they were, they were one of the ones that really stuck out to me on that list.
0: Yeah, I'm going to skip NC State because, I mean, I've talked to them at nauseam. I've had Kenton Gibbs on the show two days in a row. But Syracuse, for me, like Oof. they've changed the offense again. Like <laughs> after that sentence, I was like, honestly, don't need to read anything else because truly it is what it is. The proof is in the pudding that everyone knows how frustrating it is has been for Syracuse and that a change is coming or that things that have to shake with this new offensive system yet again.
1: Yeah, it was, that was an interesting one too, because they hammered Dino Babers and that that offense, like three offensive coordinators or three offensive styles in like five years. Um, and it, it's so interesting because when he got hired, that was all they talked about was his offense and yeah. how electric that offense was with Eric Dungy and, They had all those great receivers and they could put up a ton of points. And then all of a sudden, as they say in here, one of the coaches says, then the defense has figured it out. And then it was to uh, uh, almost run. And now they're going to a West coast offense offense. Um, They they says, you can't maintain this kind of scheme change without hitting bust. Yeah. Um, I'd argue that they've almost hit bust already with that. Their defense and Sean Tucker have saved them a bunch, but uh, yeah, I think there was some pretty tough, Tough criticisms of Syracuse in in this column.
0: A thousand percent. And then, of course, with Lake Forest, I think everyone's high on them. I don't think yep. anyone has said anything negative other than defensive struggles. But when it comes to Coach Clausen, you almost get bulletproof in terms of negativity because the guy does everything completely right.
1: Right, yeah. They, they, there was a couple. I was surprised at how negative some of the things were just across the conference. But Lake yeah, Forest and Boston College, it seemed like, were the two that really had, like, strong positives. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I loved how the, the whoever wrote this kind of framed what Clawson means to them kind of being that new Kentucky head coach where, you know, they're doing um, they're not doing anything super fancy, but they're doing it the right way and and, and getting results out of it. And I think that's exactly what um, what the way the demon deacons are doing. And now that Sam Hartman back and they're going to do, they're going to put more points up and, A new defensive coordinator is nothing but a positive for them because last year it was a mess.
0: (laughs) A thousand percent. All right, let's switch to the coastal right now. We've got to talk about the fact that Duke is everyone saying be patient. And I'm over here like, yeah, not only be patient, but maybe something we can see some flashes in year one. I think we've seen it. And I I, I aligned this to football, I mean, basketball. When I looked at the coach out of Wake Forest who was able to kind of shift things and turn it real close, you saw flashes of good team. We just needed to get it together. They needed to get all the pieces aligned and good. Let coach Elko do the same. Right. And maybe that'll happen a little sooner than people are expecting, but they have a great schedule to where you can say, if we see immediate strides early, they could be dangerous five to seven down the line. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like what they were saying is, and this is another one that says this compares them to Jeff Halfley at BC um <laughs> which which is right like you have a program that doesn't have of success and but you have a guy that has the possibility of setting a culture setting expectations and what he wants to do with the program and if he can do it the right way there you're right like he can turn things around there you can you can do a lot of things when you set a philosophy and culture in the right way and do things productively at any program and i think i've said it all along i, I think it's going to take a year or two for elko to get it going but i i love that hire for duke and i most of the comments about it were positive about that
0: A thousand percent. Now we skip to a couple teams. I want to talk about Jeff Collins and Georgia tech. And, you know, at the end of the day, someone said, said flat out, I don't know how he survives the season. We're all on the same page. You know, I have not had a yellow jacket once here that said, you know, we have faith in, and that's okay. You know, sometimes you just know, know your team, know your strength, know your coaches, all the things. Maybe it's time for Atlanta to get a new welcome to Atlanta where the players play. Maybe they'll actually get some players who can play with a new coach. Who knows?
1: this was this was one of the more brutal ones like <laughs> everything was like what the heck is going like they rip on like any part of a football program they rip on in this one whether it's yeah. the coaching the recruiting the scheduling the defense the secondary <laughs> like they're just it, it, it they're just in on everything their valuations of their recruiting like everything's a mess there and i totally agree i have said it on this podcast before like the, the scheduling to me is the big one. Like, yeah. you look at what Georgia Tech has to do this year, and if they win three games, that's a blessing for them. But in that same sense, if you win three games, you fire Jeff Collins because you need to figure something else out there.
0: A thousand percent. Now, North Carolina probably had the best quote, all bias here. Everything about this program changed last season. Now it feels like we're looking at them differently. Okay, you weren't a top 10 team, but your head coach had everyone pumped up to believe that. <laughs> Was he doing a hard sell or did he actually believe it too? And if he did, that's scary because the problems were easy to spot. Wolf.
1: You speak well. on this one, Candice. I'm going to let you go off. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, thank you. Whoever, whatever coach this was, thank you. You understood the assignment in terms of, I don't know what has everyone bought into this team being so elite, but they have not shown improved in any regard. And we talked about showing improved all freaking week here on this show. And I'm just like, not, over in North Carolina, you have all the pieces individually, some at times, but the flashes are there. Can you put them together full seasons? No. Like, it's just you barely squeak by and barely get into bowl consideration. Like, that's where we're at with it. And that's what's extremely frustrating for me because I'm just like, I'm ready to have college football playoff conversations, and we're not even not even close. Not even close. Not even inkling towards, oh, my God. New Year's Six Bowls. New Year's Six. Give me something to believe in. And I just right now, it's very far between. There.
1: All right. All right. Well, I, well, I'll jump into the next one. We'll go into pit here.
0: Please do. <laughs> um, you
1: can have and, that. <laughs> give you a break. So Pitt, you know, they, 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 the, the big conversation here is, again, that they're, um, you know, the changes in offense. They talk mm-hmm. a lot about how it meant to that offense and the changes that they have when Mark Whipple and replaced him with BC's offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti, who's going to have more of a ball control feel. I, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting year for, for Pitt because I I thought that, you know, Kenny Pickett did not do ball control. And I think that's literally what Pat Narduzzi wants more, which is silly, but I mean, you score points, you score points. If you score points. Yeah, and if he wants to control the ball, you're gonna find out that your team is you're 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 gonna have things fall apart a lot faster. But he's bought. Another coach says he's he's bought himself a lot of leeway by winning the ACC last year.
0: Yeah. Okay. And now listen, we move on to Virginia, and we're talking about coaches and having their certain ways and wanting certain styles. And it was very interesting to me to read how. People are had the conversations around Bronco Hall and the fact that he didn't want to make concessions towards his staff, and that's why he's gone. And it's like, oh, spill more tea. Like, what do you know that you're not telling us? But I think also, I'm ready for the Tony Elliott era.
1: Yeah, and you know, the big the big takeaway from this one was the the just like with Boston College is their lack of offensive line. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think, um, you know. I, I think there was some good comments here about um, getting their program, heading in the right direction on defense, getting a good offensive coach in there uh, with an, a good offensive mind. I like, I, I, I always wonder it never got a break. Um, and I think UVA will be a perfect fit for him. And, you know, like not a huge, um, there's not a lot of expectations placed in him. It's not a crazy school like Brent Venables is walking into. So he can, he can try it out. And if he, he ends up being super successful there, then he he can move it on to someplace else if he has to.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that at the end of the day, Offensive line is going to be key for them, but more importantly, defensively, i got to give them something. But that's pretty much all a lot of ACC teams who have very strong quarterbacks here. We end with Virginia Tech, who probably the most up in the air. (laughs) The program did real damage uh, to itself, keeping Justin Fuente for that extra year, maybe even the last two. So Coach Pry has a lot ahead of him in terms of trying to build the pieces. Hopefully they'll give him time that Fuente got, right? Give him the same amount of grace that you're going to give, uh, that you gave old boy.
1: So, you know, what's interesting with him, what's interesting with Pry is I think he, he they compare here and, and the mentality is going to bring that defense, which is what Virginia Tech's, you know, personality has been for what, 20 years now. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a positive, and that's the only thing that you can take away from that is that Brent Pry is going to do that. But the 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 biggest question mark, and I think the coaches bring it up here, is it says it's bleak on offense. Schematically, they were a train wreck in 21. I don't think they have an ACC back on their roster. Those guys are average at best. The offensive line was the strength of the offense, and now they're gone. Yeah. So the coach, and I think it's a perfect program to do this. It's going to take a year or two. And if you know, with Pry, what they're saying, it's a good hire. Again, they compare him. They said I think Pry's plan is to do what Halfley did at Boston College and bring in an NFL guy like new OC taught Tyler Bowen and run ball control and shorten the game. Like he does that kind of stuff with that defense. That should get them bowl eligible. And then you build yeah. off of that. You know what I
0: mean? A hundred percent agree. And you know, I think what's for me is just He has the energy and he understood the assignment from being past experience with the Beamer Ball and what it takes to be at the Virginia Tech top-notch level. So I can hopefully see him usher in some of those same kind of leadership logistics and all the things that are necessary to bring that program back up to speed. But unfortunately, we're out of time to give you all the spiel. What I do want to leave a meat on the bone is for next week, I know we are talking about the ACC, ESPN, Big Ten, all the things. I would like to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge and what that will do. Hopefully we'll have some more updated news from Jim Phillips and company by the time we can talk about that but I, I want to make sure know, right? you guys come back next week that we can say is there going to be ACC SEC will there be an ACC Big 12 what's going to come of this conversation maybe ACC Pac-12 who even up but actually honestly who don't who wants to watch those games Pac-12 after dark <laughs> not really me so there's that AJ it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show can you please remind these folks of where they can find you follow your work
1: yeah of course I am the host of boston college we're doing this five days a week i'm giving you lots of camp updates recruiting information all the goodies that you want as the season is about to hit into stride i've been up at camp uh, a couple times over the last week i'll be there at the end of this week as well Uh, i'm also the editor and publisher of eagle insider part of the 247 sports network Uh, come over there sign up become a vip member it's a great deal and you get all sorts of great information from me an insider that loves boston college and loves talking about it
0: no doubt about it, guys. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll have J.J. Jackson in the building. We'll also have conversations with Drizzy Drake. More to come through the week. We make, we love having you guys. Again, subscribing to the YouTube channel certainly helps us do the numbers, doing the views, all the things. And if you like the podcast, please leave five stars or a review. It really helps me in the long run. For Candace Cooper and A.J. Black, until next time.